Welcome to the Freeman Art Company podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freeman. Today, our guest is Ritu Raj. Ritu is an Indian-born, U.S.-based entrepreneur with a passion for making the most out of life. Growing up in an artistic family, the artist inside of him has always been at work. Now, Ritu has decided to grow his brand as an artist. With a strong background in managing money and systems, exciting things are at play. Let's get started. I lived my first 30 years in India. Okay. Um, and I, obviously I traveled a lot. Um, and I, I just like a really unique perspective of being an Indian also. My father was uh, one of the most prestigious art critic in India. Oh, really? Yeah. So he wrote about modern art and, you know, progressive modern art. Um, and also, he was also the editor of the largest communist newspaper in the world. You know. That's very impressive. You know. So I grew up in this uh, atmosphere, uh, you know, as a young kid. I just used to, you know, my mom would want me to want, want to get some time with by herself so my dad would just take me to art exhibitions or hang right. out with artists in the coffee shop like literally you know so i mean i grew up around people smoking pot all the time you know but uh, you know <laughs> when pot, was the first time you inhaled oh uh, i mean god i was like maybe five or six uh, we are, we're talking about india you know we're talking right. about third world very bohemian very very bohemian coffee shops where you know people were like drinking like 10 cups of coffee and smoking all the time and so you know and I, I would go to exhibitions like see art all the time and i would get you know a treat if i could talk about what i liked and what i didn't and uh, the other thing is most of the artists that my dad were friends with were all abstract artists and really big names. I mean, right now they are really big. And, uh, you know, some of them are exhibited, permanent exhibits in Tate uh, in UK. Um, so they're like, they've been exhibited in all the world's best galleries. Do you have any names? Uh, like uh, Francis Newton Souza, uh, Hossein, he's dead like three, four years ago. Hussein, M.F. Hussein, he was the India's number one painter. And my dad used to actually roommate with him. In college? Um, and then, uh, you know, and then I stopped, you know, by 11, 12, I kind of stopped. I used to paint like a kid, do photography ex till like around you know, 13, 14. And uh, then I stopped, you know, I discovered that girls liked other things, such was girls yeah. like bad boys. Come on. Having doing some LSD was much better than, you know, doing painting. Right. So what part of India? Uh, from in New Delhi. New Delhi. That's yeah. on the south. No, north. West side, right? North. North. Okay. Yeah, it's the capital of the country. Have you been back recently? Yeah, I, you know, not during the COVID, so I haven't been there a year, but I go like three times a year because I have business there. Mm. So, so you're you're a business person, right? You're a businessman. Right? Yes, I'm an entrepreneur, technically. Yeah, that's what you say. Yeah, so I have a you know I have a chain of doggy hotels, hotels for dogs, the largest in the world. Really? Yeah, we have nine of them, two hundred and fifty dogs in each location. 
How long do the dogs stay there? Well, you know, usually like six to seven days. A lot of people are. Huh? I used to. Yeah. Now I have a cat. Oh. A snub-nosed cat. I used to have an English bulldog. Um, So I did that. And uh, right now, I've done other startups before that also. First cloud computing company, first ride-sharing company, uh, sidecar. And uh, right now, um, uh, we make diamonds in a lab. Diamond earrings in a lab? No, not earrings. Diamonds. Diamonds in a lab. Yes. We are the largest grower of diamonds in a lab. So we produce diamonds with an ethical twist. I mean, like there's nobody's life is lost. No hundreds of tons of love, you know. Right. No environmental issues. None. We just do it. Yeah. It's a company called Diamond Foundry. So I I sell on the corporate side and, you know, to the distributors globally. So I travel a lot. So I do a lot of photography and then uh, lots of photography. And then uh, comes March and I was told to, you're in lockdown, you know, insurance and everything. And somebody said, why don't you paint? You know, you know how to paint, let's paint. What do you mean you know how to paint? Um, And I picked up you know, I bought a couple of small canvases and some acrylic paint and I just got into it. You know, now I paint, uh, you know, six feet by six feet, five feet by six feet. You know, I chew them out like, you know, two or three a, a week. Wow. And all absurd expressionist. I mean, that's my style. Right. And I've been like different kind of like, you know, um, kind of playing around with different styles, like very, very different styles, you know. Mondrail, I mean, you know, because I have like influence of all these painters uh, with all the exhibitions I've seen, so it's like I'm just playing around with it, you know. So I haven't yet got my own. If anybody looks at my stuff, people would say, oh, this is a style. But, but you know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, I like what I do. I love what I do. So mm-hmm. it's uh, lots of paintings and I might also, lots of photography. So I might have a book coming out. <clears throat> I mean, touch photo. hopefully I can make it happen. With um, If you are familiar with photography, I'm working with Ralph Gibson. Ralph Gibson. Yeah, he's the number one photographer, alive photographer in the world. He's 82 years old. He's got 60 books to him. The guy is like a genius. So, Alf Gibson. Yeah. I mean, he's, he is old daddy. I mean, man. Ha. Um, but he's I'm, the Don. Yeah, he's the Don. I mean, he knows he's the Don. I mean. That's awesome. So working with him and so, he just kind of like, kind of I was like thinking about a book and then I was thinking Indian stuff. And then my abstract painting, he put it together for me, like those two, creating the third language. So that's like super interesting stuff that I'm working on. How did you meet? Oh, you know, I pay him through Leica to do one-on-one with me. Lots of money. Oh, really? I mean, you know, the guys, you know, I, I think he's 82. I mean, 
I have him for another, like, you know, you can say at least you work with uh, Ralph Gibson. You never right. know when he's, like, you know, crook. Did he do a lot of teaching? In uh, the, some in amount. Period, or yeah. was it more just, like, to be around him? Some amount of... He did a little bit of teaching, not too much. He's expensive. He's crotchety old man. Did he do more teaching or focusing on, like, an actual technique? Or was it more focused on business as a whole and how to market yourself as... He doesn't know my... He, he's just, like, an... Ex extraordinary composition guy. The thing about um, uh, the business side of uh, <coughs> business side of uh, the painting business, right, or photography business, the, pro the problem is people are uh, people are trying to do it on in a regular fashion, right? There's no innovation. And, uh, you know, people like me, when I'm getting into the scene and trying to play around with it, you know, I can't live with, you know, selling my prints for a thousand dollars. I need like, you know, I need to sell a shitload of prints to even like match the kind of income that I'm used to. Right. So it all will become, you know, it's like a work in progress. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I have an answer yet. But I think one of the key things that most people don't realize is your work sells. So make the work that is true representation of you. I mean, that is the biggest thing I, I'm, I'm learning. You know, sometimes when I'm painting, I'm thinking, like I think in the back of my head, oh my God, let me think and like make it like light pinks and this thing. Girls would love it. You know, come on. You know, it's all about girls or drugs or something. Right. And uh, and the next day I wake up and I hate that painting because that's not a representation of me. It's a representation of what I think people would like. So then I like destroy that canvas and redo it. You know, so I do around 20% uh, canvases like that. To how many paintings do I do where I destroy it? You know, like I'm... Uh, kind of like pleasing others. I don't know, maybe 25%, but I'm not happy with it. I know I'm going to destroy it, you know. And I, when you read about other uh, painters and stuff like that, their lives and everything else, it's not about, you know, it's like they're basically putting their emotions on the canvas, um, you know, good or bad or whatever. I mean, like one of my favorite guys, Rothko, and the whole thing about color field and everything. I mean, it's a, see, such a simple thing to paint. But when you're in presence of Rothko, you're in presence of very, very huge amounts of emotion, even in the six colors that he has. You know, and nothing else on the canvas other than two squares. You know, I went to... Um, uh, you know, I made a point to go to Houston. This is like a couple of years ago and uh, went to the uh, the church he had done. Rothko has done like a, it's kind of like he, they gave him a church to do. It's a six-sided church with huge walls and he just painted these massive canvases. I think maybe maybe 15 feet by 15 feet canvases or 20 feet. Yeah, there's a heat. 
and there are like six of them. That's all. And there's like this one bench. So you, you cannot take pictures. You have to keep quiet. And you just sit. And I'm telling you, there's a feeling of the, it, oh, they're pure gray colors, right? Just all gray. There's no color in it. Red, blue. I was going to say there's no color at all. Yeah. And then you get, you can see your whole life in colors inside of that. It's amazing. What part of Houston? I don't know. Sorry, I'm not, no. you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, so like, you know, I think uh, there is a, uh, so there's something about like being, representing yourself, your emotions and working, you know, the more I work with myself is I'm working with how much, how much emotions can I put, my emotions can I put on the canvas. And it doesn't mean your emotions need to be crazy or wild or something. It's like day-to-day -day emotions. So, yeah. So I think, I think when that comes to uh, selling, we will sell, but you know, it's it. When the time comes, we will, mm -hmm. you know. How, what have you learned through prints, the print business, you know, with, and how you can leverage that to expose yourself to more people, but how do you maintain a you know, high price so that the originals uh, maintain their credibility? I, I don't know about the print business, like really speaking, you know, because here's the thing. The, the the most important thing is I paint like big paintings, like four feet by four feet is the minimum I do. But, you know, normally I do six by five and six by sixes and stuff like that. Here's the thing. I sell size. I'm painting because when you're in presence of my painting, it's like takes you over. It just takes you over. So I'm not... I'm not painting them, painting to put them in uh, apartments. I'm really not, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not like, you know, I'm, you know, I grew up in apartments also in the U.S. when I moved, right? With those, uh, those walls with the, <laughs> the grains on them, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm like really painting to see who would want to keep, take my painting and look at it every day. You know? What are you trying to express through your art? Uh, it's a, well, um, I think the key thing that I'm working on is pure abstraction. And abstraction is really something. And the more you get into abstraction, the more you like really look at it. For me, abstraction is a path to divinity. Not that I'm Indian and I have like, oh my God, I'm like, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> You know, I better be a fucking yogi and I'm sorry, uh, and become like, you know, do a church of Raj, man. It's like a tax-free heaven. That's like so cool. Right. But uh, no, I think it's a uh, divinity can also be very simple. We live in a very complex world, really complex world. And, uh, you know, everything is available to us. In, but uh, paintings, abstract paintings, give your mind a freedom to think beyond what you think you know. You look at an abstract painting and every time you look at it or every like different moods you look at it, you get a different meaning out of it for you. You know, I mean, there are some paintings that I, I have a painting that 
I just made a couple of days ago. I haven't even put it online or anywhere. I'm like really confused by it. And uh, I think if I'm confused, that means I'll, there's something about it which is interesting. You know, so. Right. So I don't know what she's going to express, but it, some people will find it exquisite. Mm -hmm. So does that make you want to value the piece more? Since it's made like your own piece has made, has made you more, does that make you want to value it more? I think. On the market or is it just accidental, maybe? I think value is like how much can you hold on to value? You know. That's a good look at it. Yeah, I'm I'm a unique painter. I'm not doing water lilies on a on a little small canvas. I'm not, you know, painting portraits or ballerinas or la 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 or little artsy scenes, you know, landscapes. Mm -hmm. I'm a very unique painter. Um I will keep my price for my painting, you know, till I, I won't sell them till I have the right time to sell it. Mm -hmm. And I find the right people who want to buy it, you know, so it's like, there will be people who will buy it eventually. My job right. is to keep pushing it out, putting it out. And my second step would be, I mean, I'm telling you my business, like my business plan is the, my second plan is to hire uh, like a publicist mm -hmm. okay. and get the publicist to put my paintings in the, I mean, I look at like a list of like 25, 30 online magazines, you know, print magazines and stuff like that, studios. Um, so let them put it there and then, then guide me to the right artist galleries who will take my work in New York and, you know, New York, Boston, Chicago, kind of an area. Um, and so do a couple of exhibitions there. And, uh, you know, see, see, I mean, listen, I mean, you got to trust your work to speak for it. Right. You got to maintain integrity. Yeah. I trust my work, you know. I mean, I have a chain of doggy hotels. People pay me to take care of their dogs a lot of money. Right. On the high end, they pay me $200 a night. Minimum. That's insane. Yeah. So there are people out there, right, who value life, value art, value. I buy a lot of art too. I mean, I personally buy a lot of art. Who do you like in particular? Yeah, I just buy younger painters. Do you I'm, find them on Instagram? How do you come across them? Instagram and, you know, people who I know sometimes. And then they're like, you know, I'm like a lazy, lazy, really lazy oh. guy. But sometimes they brought, bring me some paintings and I, I just bought a, you know, and they're young. So like, you know, not young, young in age, but like, you know, three, four thousand dollars. I just, I buy it for them. I, I don't care. I would buy it because I like what they have made, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I have obviously old Picasso etchings and old Miro etchings and everything else, but <clears throat> That's for my, you know, I love those stuff. I love, love, right. love, love, love. What's your creative process? What, what goes into the overall, you know, work 
quick piece in, in between the photography versus Yeah, I think where painting is concerned, I was like actually looking at it like two days ago in the morning. There are three, thing, three things that I look at, to, how to get me kind of like my, get my mind working, right? So one is a paradox. Things that they, they don't meet in my head. That like definitely is my painting. It's an abstract, abstract painting 101. Um, one, the second thing is if I have, if somebody has given me an equation or something like that, or like, you know, philosophical statement or something, which puts my mind in a state of a chaos, or it's, it doesn't have an answer, that is like a gorgeous painting coming. Because it percolates out to do something. And the final yeah. one is, uh, think of like, you know, I mean, I heard that the collaging is a way, is a nowadays a method for sanity. You know, people collage, you know, get their, this thing. So think of it like- Like, like house homes? Yeah, like, you know- You're they, just people overall are just- yeah, tear magazines up and paste pictures and like, you know, right, something right, comes right. up out of it, you know. And uh, so like think of it like your mind's doing collaging. So those three are like the creative process, uh, like the, the baseline for getting the, making these paintings. And then um, part of it is then uh, what I would call, uh, I think about a painting for a day before I make it, sometimes two days before I make it. It's like I'm making them in my head. Do you start with the image or do you start with the feeling? Um, in my case, I'm like practical. It's just like an image. But once the thing is when you first start the thing, right? Like I was thinking, oh my God, I should do a black painting. But this is what the idea is. I have not done it yet. But think about like now it's got to, so I'm going to put the black paint on. Then I'm going to put like different consistency of black paint, you know, shiny, not shiny kind of a thing. But when I'm doing it, I realize that this is not going to do anything. So I might like, you know, then let my mind take over and do whatever I feel like. You know, whatever looks good for me at that moment. And normally, uh, you know, sometimes I paint from like, you know, because I pay acrylic, so you have to wait to, to paint to dry. Mm -hmm. So it's like an iterative process, iterative process. Come so back it's to not, a bit yeah, time. yeah. So sometimes it's like, a, it's interesting. Have, have you tried other uh, types of paint or canvas material? I just tried different kinds of acrylic paint. So now earlier I used to do tubes. Then I went to jars. Now I'm using these liquid, like really thin liquid uh, acrylics. Now Is there I'm, any brand out there that you really like? I buy them from Blick. So they have like three, four brands. I buy all their brands. I just bought, you know, I bought 10 canvases, five feet by six feet, and a lot of paint, uh, to the, you know, $2,400 bill. So, and I'll destroy it within a month. What do you mean destroy it? 
I mean, use up the paint and everything else. Oh, okay. okay. I'm liberal. I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know. Did you ever start off conservative? No, conservative is not me. No. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I just like go for it. Um, ah, damn, what was the question? Sorry, I yeah, yeah. typed in. Um, so whenever it comes to your marketing on Instagram, what have you found out that works really well? Because you have quite a few followers. Have you found any type of hack that kind of propelled you? How long have you been working on it? You know, I'm, uh, I use like a hashtag generator and I just put that, put it in. And But, you know, th- this is what I've found. My paintings, tons of people like it. You know, from a painting could be from 100 to 150, 200 people like it. You know, and I know some people who like do thousands. So I'm not like the reach there. But I also, I'm like putting photographs. So my photographs, I think it's like multimedia. You know. That's what I was going to say is that you combine photography and your painting onto one. Yeah. And I do a lot of nude artwork. I can't put the nude art on the thing. But a close to nude art absolutely helps. How'd you get into the nude art? You know, I mean, the thing about nude art, the thing is really interesting. Um, shooting women nude is very difficult. You know, I mean, I mean, you can shoot for the playboy kind of a thing, you know, which is like, but if you want to shoot like a nude with an art angle to it, right. it's really yeah. difficult. Because every woman, who, every <laughs> model that I worked with is trained to like go like, Ooh, you know, like, it's a, I hate the look that they give you. So you have to like get them to start like really working with you to be them. So mm-hmm. it takes a while to get them, you know, untrained out of their, you know, let, let me please every boy in the world, you know. Do you use props to help with that? No. Kind of break down that uh, habit? No. I mean, for, I don't shoot with props. I, you know, I just have one light and that's it. I use some really good cameras, really good lenses, but no props. How do you find customers? For what? Need art or people, people in. I don't uh, care. I guess. I'm doing it for myself. I don't care about customers at the moment. The thing so about, none of the people, I, I kind of gathered that some of the images that looked like people wanted basically headshots of themselves, you know. For me? Sorry, I didn't understand. So some of the images that looked like, you know, a lady paid, was like, hey, I, I want a photographer to take a photo of series of me. That, that was my initial take whenever I saw them. Yeah, some I of them, that you had. yeah, some of them may look like that because the problem is, and it's a really hard thing to go, I love portraiture. Like, I love portraiture. Um, so I, t- I even, even if I want to take a whole body, nude body, I'll, I'll start taking pictures of their face. 
like it's like my thing. I I'm like attracted to faces. So I'm taking like pictures. So it may look like, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's what I do. But, uh, you know, I'm paying them big time money. Have you tried painting and drawing faces or, you know, the type of photos that you take? Which is very interesting. I've been looking at that combination. For painting for me is representational art. And for what I draw, what I paint is non uh, non-representational. It's like two different. It's representational right. versus non-representational. It's like two parts of your mind getting out. Exactly. And I love my, I want to keep my uh, non-representational as non-representational. It's abstract. It's uh, formless. So there's one with form. The other is formless. At some point, at some point when I become a much better photographer, I would start shooting formless nude. That would be incredible. I'm not there yet. You know. When do you think you'll be there? I don't know. Just one day the switch will turn on and I'll say, okay, I know how to do it. Have you ever financed any of the art that you've sold? I mean, I can finance it. It's a good idea. Eventually, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about renting, it's like a new business model I've been thinking about, is renting painting paintings. Yep. So Arts, it, art subscription, um, have a rotating gallery. Yeah. But like, you know, think about like four feet by four feet, right? It's not that yeah, big. Or smaller. I don't do small, you know, then they can find somebody. But four feet yeah. by four feet, think about it like this, and I can like really create like a business around it. Then I they can I can like give it to them to put in their house, you know. And that that would be like a centerpiece. And after one year, they're not like, you know, they want to change it, they want to change the wall. You know, they just ring us up, we pick up the painting. And I think uh, it's not that complex, you know, I mean, it'll, it'll just require uh, some amount of understanding of the insurance law. Because if they destroy it, insurance pays for it. Or, you know, they do something about it. So it could, it's possible. I mean, I'm, I, you know, the more I think about it, it could be renting is like right. the way to do it. Because my paintings that I think about, like a minimum Right now, my price in my mind for my bigger paintings are at least $25,000 as a starting point. So if I rent them for a whole year, I can charge like $2,500 or $2,000 for renting. And that's a big ass piece that you get. So it could be. And if I do that business, then I can let other people and other painters in for smaller prints, smaller uh, painting, no print, sorry, take the word out. Take the... Um, I'll edit it out. i edit it out, no. Uh, also photography, I can have like really good photographers because good photographers that sell their prints for $5,000 minimum. I mean like Ralph Gibson prints would be like five to $8,000 actually. 5,000 is minimum. So if I, if you want a Ralph Gibson print, we can get your Ralph Gibson print for like, you know, $150 a month. 
So you can have real art in your house. Right. You know, not like some fakey little, you know, secondary, third level and glitchy prints and stuff like that. And uh, Have you looked into other companies that do it? I haven't seen anything yet like that. There's one called uh, Curina uh -huh. in New York. Uh -huh. They do it. And they have three different tiers uh, subscription and it's for the home. <clears throat> I think they have a business branch or business side to it. Um, and yeah, so they have three different tiers and it's only for local New York artists in New York for now. Yeah. So it seems to be interesting. There's been companies in the past that have tried to do it. But the insurance transportation was a pain in the ass. And then actually finding stuff that the people really wanted that would convert into sales. Um, there's another company called Turning Art in Boston that does it on a business level. And uh, they seem to be doing pretty well. They've been around for a little under 15 years. Yeah. And same leadership, low turnover. So I think the business, doing it through a business, um, you know, finding an investment bank or something uh, where they have a lot of high-end customers that might even you know, buy art themselves, inquire, and then every time they come in every quarter for a meeting, they'll see a new painting uh, in every hallway. So. Yeah. I think there's a there's a possibility in that, right? I mean, all my businesses that I've had have been venture-funded. So, you know, anywhere… Like what? Fund, oh, venture-funded. Venture-funded. So, you know, anywhere we have raised 100 to like $500 million of venture fund. So, I mean, if I get into it as a venture funded business, that might make sense. You know, you won't need that yeah, much amount. Yeah, scale very quickly. It's all about value, value, value. And then you right. sell people the whole idea of like real art, you know. Right, exactly. And it goes away. Yeah, so many benefits if that system can actually work. Yeah, and then you maybe even t attach on people bringing, uh, you know, parts to the business. You just can sell normal art. You could do you know, other things with art. Uh, I think it could be pretty lucrative. Yeah, I know that I would do it. That's what got me started on this whole podcast. Really, it's that very idea. Yeah, I would do. I, mean, I, where I was are you? in an apartment in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would do it somewhere in, yeah, somewhere in Texas, which is like dry or Arizona, where I can warehouse the paintings and they won't get damaged. Right. It's, it's an idea. It would be nice to get the paintings, take like have months of them booked out each, you know. Yeah. So you don't even have to store it anywhere. Yeah. Have you heard of Freeport? Free what? Free ports? No. I believe that's uh, yeah. So a fine art free port. It's kind of like that um, you know, storage place. There's these things called free ports. Whenever people buy really expensive art, if they can avoid paying sales tax that'd be great and if it's an investment piece which is why they're buying it at such a high price um you know that would eat it to their profit so workaround is if the art is not delivered to your location you don't have to pay sales tax so they come up with these storage facilities so that the art is perpetually in transport 
Right. So they don't have to pay for anything. They just resell it and never even see the thing. Yeah. And I uh, just hold on to it for years and greatest people. It's just a storage facility, which is you know, the highest grossing forms of real estate. And I'm sure this is up there uh, in terms of that because yeah. really you're competing against the, the the price that they would have had to pay for the sales tax yeah. on a multi-million dollar piece. Yeah. I think it's all a question of finding the right customer base and the right price point. Um, and that is the whole thing. And there's always this like, you know, what I call this a huge gap in the marketplace. There's nobody actually on a national level at like a level of uh, scale doing it. Right. Yeah, it's exciting. There's a lot of things. Yeah. What have you seen with COVID and how do you kind of change uh, the art scene moving forward? I mean, I started painting. I'm happy to go happy for COVID. <laughs> Okay. My diamond business has grown tremendously. Really, during the pandemic? Yeah. What's, what was driving that? Great. I think it's price point, right? We are 25% cheaper than uh, mine diamond. So. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> what what got you into that business? You know, the life gets into like my doggy hotels is like zilch, you know, no revenue. Right. Some men do good and some don't. I'm a very, very simple. My dog hotels is all about one thing. Healthy pet in, healthy pet out. We like pee pets that have stayed with us before. I don't like pets who have like not stayed with us. You know, we don't like one time pets. No way. Thank you very much. Go to the next shop. That's fair. We are full. 250 dogs is nothing in a city of like San Francisco where you have 700,000 or whatever. Like this insane amount of dogs. It's a lot of poop. Yeah. So we just take like the top of the litter. We charge a lot and we give this, we give, a, you know, us really take care of our customers, both the four legged ones and the two legged ones. Would y'all ever mess around with cats? I have cats. We have uh, around 50 cats. I built, I designed the cattery, as I call it. The I designed, yeah, with us, absolutely, our cattery is every, in every location has a complete separate HVAC system. So they do not touch the dog because, you know, cats get, you know, they have like, uh, you know, what do you call it? They're uh, breathing and stuff like that. So, right, they have a lot of bacteria. Yeah, so. we don't touch it. So, you know, those are like, those are the things that we are expert at, you know, creating these. Uh, but we don't do multiple businesses, just one. I don't even sell right, anything from the dog hotels. I don't like say, oh, we'll do painting, we do photography. I don't let people put their cards in because I don't want to. Right. Just, this is my business. Let me do what I do. So, How many employees? Uh, probably across the board, like 200, 250. Not too many Have employees. Have you had to lay anybody off? Sorry? Have you had to lay anybody off for COVID? I don't know or recently. Like, we probably yeah. had a little bit layoffs. But, you um, know, if there's nobody there, what, what do you do? 
overall in your life, how has COVID affected you? Uh, you know, other than, kind of other than being locked up. Photography or art? Other than being locked up in the house, there's nothing else. I mean, I can't go to India and I, you know, my route is, you know, uh, San Francisco, New York, New York, London or someplace and then uh, Tel Aviv, India hey. and Hong Kong. So I love you know, Tel Aviv. I love Tel Aviv. My favorite place. Yep. It's incredible. Yeah. Very Bohemian as well. Huh? I said it's very Bohemian. Very Bohemian. Very, And the food there is unreal. I mean, some yeah. of the most expensive food I've eaten is in recent time was in Tel Aviv. The restaurant yeah, is incredible. Everything's walking distance. Everybody's beautiful. Yes. Talk culture is great. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you yeah. joining me on this call. I uh, learned a lot from the conversation. Um, if people wanted to reach out to you and buy any of your art, how can they do so? Yeah, they can send me, uh, go to my Instagram. It's at ritu.us or email me ritu at ritu.us. Okay. And again, I will like let them take my art and put it on their house to see how it feels and if they like it, they can buy it. I'm not attached Sorry, to it. Try before you buy. Yeah, I'm not attached to it. 